0: So, Ian, what was that? Uh, what was that VR headset that HTC and and Valve announced last week? What was that called? Viva! Vive. Well, vive! unfortunately, we were wrong. I was wrong. It's oh. not. It's not pronounced Vive. It's pronounced Vive. Like rhymes with Hive. Why? Why? I know. I'm so disappointed. Like I was really. Why must? Oh. I was so looking forward to saying Vive every time.
1: This is 8-Bit, episode 109, A Sneak Peek, on Sunday, March 8th, 2015, and now, welcome to the future, boys and girls. This episode is hosted by Ian Buck and Ian Decker. You know what? We can still do that. I mean, okay, we, we got a new grocery store here in St. Peter, like a year or two ago, but we still call it Econo Foods instead of Family Fresh.
0: It will still be our Viva Really? Because, I mean, people here in Morris uh, switched from talking about the Homida to talking about Shopgoat, like, right away. Nope. As soon as it just got <laughs> mm. Oh, but in re- in relation to the five, I did have an idea. So, I, w- I was talking to my mom about, about uh, the house that we're potentially probably going to be living in uh, later this year, because that, that's the house that I grew up in, and it's across the street and four houses down from where my family currently lives, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, so, upstairs, where the bedrooms are, there, there are, like, two large bedrooms where you can easily fit, you know, two people in them. One smaller bedroom that's, you know, suitable for, like, one person. And then there's one, like, kind of a large closet room, because you like, so the problem with it is is that there are two doors that swing inwards into the room, so you can't actually fit a a bed in there properly unless you wanted to put the bed like diagonally across the across the whole room, which wouldn't work very well. Um, but so I was thinking like, what can we do with that room? You know, it would feel kind of silly to just have like, I don't know, somebody could have an office in there, but then it's like, who's going to have an office in there? You know, who's like, whose desktop is going to be in there? What if Instead of that, what if we had that be our virtual reality-like holodeck room? Because the HTC Vive is going to have a base station that comes with it that allows you to move around and interact with your virtual environment in a 15-foot-by-15-foot area. Well, up to 15-foot-by-15-foot. So we could set that up in that room, and that will be the only thing that that room is used for. That could be beautiful. That would be awesome.
1: (laughs) That would be... We'd have... our. Well, I mean... We have our own
0: holodeck. Exactly, and we'll we'll be like the only people in a hundred miles, in a thousand miles, who are who are dedicated to virtual reality enough to do that. It would be awesome. We'll be in the future. You know, you're a college student. If you know you're a very unusual college student, if you're actually thinking about this in terms of like, man, I might actually have enough of a disposable income uh, to to do this. Yeah. That's a little bit more of a, yeah, never mind. That's much more of an accurate statement than mine. Mm-hmm. Especially since, like, uh, already everybody's going, okay, so this this thing that, that Valve and HTC have announced is definitely not the budget virtual reality solution. Like, it's definitely the Lamborghini of virtual reality. And yeah. And, like, Valve can get away with that because Valve doesn't have to own the whole virtual reality marketplace. They just they just have to sell games that work on different virtual reality platforms, which they do, you know? Mm-hmm. Steam, Steam is their cash, so, you know. Steam, 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 Steam. Uh, now, before we get farther into the news, actually, I have a kind of a, a, a plug. Uh, self, shameless self-promotion. So, earlier this week, Ryan and I recorded an episode of The Extra Dimension talking about... Uh, the barriers to podcast creation and, and what we can do to reduce those barriers. So, listener, if, if you've ever listened to a podcast, uh, and just thought, like, man, it sounds like a lot of fun to make a podcast. I really want to make a podcast. It's a lot, like, it's, it's kind of difficult to do that from a technical standpoint. And I personally want, really, really want somebody to make a solution that would make it very, very easy for people, just ordinary people, to make podcasts without having to worry about owning their own domains and, like, doing hosting stuff, et cetera, et cetera. So Ryan and I talked about podcasting as as a medium and then talked about, like, kind of what our wish lists would be for such a solution. And you listened to it, right, Ian? Yeah. What would you think of it?
1: I mean, I liked it. It's a lot of the stuff made a lot of sense to me. Um, I, I'm gonna admit that I didn't necessarily pay as much attention to it as I should have because I had it on in the background while I was doing work, which is um, what a
0: lot of people do with podcasts. So you know, yeah, that is one advantage of the medium, actually. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. So, but I mean, the the stuff that I did pick out made a lot of sense and kind of resonated with me. So yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> so enough of this, you know, hand holdy fluffy stuff. Let's get into the nitty-gritty video game news. If you, a <clears throat> listener, would like to read any of the articles that we're about to talk about, go to the TV slash EB109. That's where they all live. Uh, and also, worth noting, this was a huge week for video game news because of the Game Developer Conference, which is sort of unusual because the Game Developer Conference a lot of times just has a bunch of, like, keynotes and stuff, for developers by developers, but for some reason this year, there are a ton of, like, hardware companies and game engines and stuff that, like, you know, had huge announcements to make. So, let's get to it.
1: Sounds good to me. All right, so, ooh, NVIDIA has announced the Titan X. The only details we have about it is that it has about 12 gigabytes of VRAM and 8
0: Billion
1: transistors.
0: I actually don't know what eight billion transistors means in relation, in like comparison to any other graphics cards that are out right now. But why is the
1: blog name Smaug? Uh, Blogs.nvidia.com slash blog slash 2015 slash 03 slash 04, which is an assuming is date it was announced, yep. slash Smaug.
0: That is because, um, the titan x was also it was actually announced at epics uh um uh keynote and along with talking about the titan x they also had a vr demo uh to you know running about where where you got to be in like the giant chamber with all of the golden stuff and smog the dragon was there and and so you know they like they showed that demo and then they i think they were like now, this thing was just so graphically insane that it wouldn't run on any existing graphics card. So here's a new graphics card. And, you know, the CEO of NVIDIA came out on stage and announced the Titan X. Oh, man. Oh, man. Now, also from NVIDIA, they have announced a, a new NVIDIA Shield. This one is just called the Shield. Uh, you know, so before we had the Shield handheld and the Shield tablet. And now we have this one. So this one is a $200 uh console i mean sort of console it's 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 a set top box really um running android tv on the tegra x1 so that's their their um mobile chip based on the maxwell architecture which is you know what the 900 graf- series graphics cards are on So, of course, you know, it can do all of the things that we've seen from previous Shields. You know, it can stream games from a local PC, uh, provided that PC has an NVIDIA card. Um, It can stream stuff from NVIDIA's Grid service. And actually, so that when they roll out this new NVIDIA Shield, they're also going to be rolling out a new version of Grid, because the current version only does 720p at 30 frames per second. And they're upgrading it, you know, so that it can do 1080p at 60 frames per second, which uh, also takes up a heck of a lot more bandwidth. Like, they're recommending that you have 50 megabits per second down in order to um, to really, you know, get that full experience. Um, and they've also, NVIDIA's also been working with, like, a bunch of AAA developers to make Android versions of their games. Um, mm-hmm. And a lot of those only run on this on this new set-top box on the Shield. So the ones that they had, were showing off at GDC included Borderlands, the pre-sequel. Uh, Borderlands. The, the Talos Principle, and, like, Crisis 3, for crying out loud. Um, now, can I run Crisis? Yes, it can. <laughs> well, so, unfortunately, from what I was reading, like, a lot of these seem like they, they are um, kind of downgraded in terms of, you know, visual fidelity and everything. But I mean, it, it's still impressive that they're able to do that on a two hundred dollar like tiny little thin thing, presumably that doesn't have any fans. Um, it's coming out in May. I'm not sure. Like this whole this whole kind of set top box area is is something that I've never had to think about what which one I would want to buy um, because I don't own any TVs. But eventually, soon, we'll probably own a television. We'll probably have to start thinking about that. But uh, Really, really? I mean, you, I mean
1: we're, we're going to have our, if we have our PC monitors, we can just, uh, I suppose, hauling it down would be a pain in the butt.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, that, that it all depends on, like, what our preference is. Is one of us going to, are, are we going to have our computers in our bedroom? Who else is going to be living in the house with us? Are we going to want to have people over, you know, to watch stuff with us? I don't know.
1: I suppose, I suppose. I mean I for one really like having people over and hanging out and mm-hmm. having movie nights and guy nights and bring over popcorn and beer and chips and salsa and we'll have a great night. Yeah. In movies like um actually <laughs> Kingsman is is one of my new favorite movies.
0: I don't what's what's that movie about?
1: Um so it's about a, a kid who gets sucked into sort of like a secret service sort of um Secret Service sort of uh, group. They're not necessarily run by the military. They're an independent organization. Mm-hmm. Um, but they are highly trained military people who are all named after Knights of the Round Table and go around protecting the good and whatnot. And it's so very Bond-like in terms of like, this guy's a bad guy. Um, this guy. These people are good guys. Here are some fun tech things. Here's a pretty lady which things are going to happen with, and you know it. This um, kind
0: of sounds like the premise of um, The Order 1886.
1: Maybe, but the thing is, is this thing doesn't take itself seriously in the least. Thing. Like, a line that is uttered a um, couple times in the movie is, This ain't that kind of movie. <laughs>
0: Was that like a narrator saying that, or was that one of the characters in the movie saying that? One of the characters. Oh my saying god, that. <sighs> that's ridiculous.
1: I mean, my favorite scene in the movie—they're talking about, um, or sorry, no, the bad guy is targeting a hate church in the
0: U.S. Hmm. I wonder what church that could be.
1: Well, it's—it's it's not. They—they they said it somewhere other than Kansas City, so it's not WBC, sadly. Um,
0: Wait, they're in Kansas City. Yeah. I thought they were somewhere in Georgia or something.
1: No, nope, they're in Kansas City. They're a Midwest
0: thing. Oh, golly.
1: I know. I mean, I drove past them. I, I so wanted to moon them. <laughs> so much. But moving on. Um, and he... So the, one of the main uh, characters is there waiting for him. And he's about to stand up and leave because he doesn't see the bad guy anywhere. And the woman who's sitting next to him isn't letting him go. Um, and keeps on questioning, why do you want to leave? Why do you want to leave? Why do you want to leave? Until he eventually goes and starts talking about how he's, um, a pedophilic homosexual, um, senator who is going to go off and have. Uh, smoke weed and have gay sex with his black boyfriend and and hail Satan. It's just every single thing that they could possibly hate, he just smacks her in the face. And it is beautiful. I cheered. (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, So the movie does not take itself seriously at all. Mm -mm. Mm -mm.
0: Um,
1: So having a good guy's night to sit sit around and watch that and laugh at that I mean, the bad guy is played by Samuel L. Jackson, who has a lisp and can't stand the sight of blood. (laughs) Oh, man. That
0: does sound like a good time.
1: It's beautiful. It's wonderful. The only issue with it is it sometimes gets a little overly violent at times. But other than that, so yes, we'll have to have Guy's Night with TVs and whatnot. Um, However, in the meantime, uh, even if we don't necessarily have movies to show, we can still do some other fun stuff. Uh so like with the Steam Link thing that's coming out. Um it's a $50 box that just streams Steam games over your home network. So I can sit and watch you play without looking over your shoulder.
0: Um <laughs> no, that's I what do you mean? <laughs> that's that's not what it's for. It's it's for, it's not what it's for. No, so oh. you know how when they first announced Steam machines one of the big concerns was, well, these are running Linux, and not everything that's available on Steam it runs on Linux. So their solution was Steam In Home Streaming, which is where you know the the game is like being run on some computer somewhere in your house, but it's being displayed on whatever screen you're in front of, right? Um, whatever whatever screen your your Steam machine is hooked up to, and and so the Steam link is, like, a tiny, tiny, tiny version of, uh, of, a, of a Steam box, except that it doesn't, or a Steam machine, I mean, except that it doesn't locally play any games whatsoever. It just streams.
1: Okay. So I can have my desktop up in my room, go downstairs and play games from my desktop through this thing on the big TV that we're going to have
0: in our living room. Correct. Yes. So the other way around. Yeah, and I think, I think that this is a great, great move, because like, when they first announced the Steam Machines, I was like, yeah, I would really love to have one, except that they, like, the cheapest one costs like $500, and I, I don't need that, I, I have like, a, a nice, beastly desktop already, I would rather just have that play the games, and then, you know, stream it to whatever, whatever, like, you know, it, th- yeah. This is essentially they're, they're going for like the Chromecast of gaming. Yeah. And uh, assuming that it can actually perform well, um, this that's that's a really good price for such a box. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, if you are going to be playing games on a television, presumably with this Steam Link or a Steam machine or something, uh, you're probably going to have a Steam controller. And they, uh, as we knew that they were going to do, they brought the final version of their Steam controllers with them to GDC. It will also be out in November and will also cost $50, which is a pretty reasonable price for a controller. Um, so, yeah, let's, let's take a look at it and kind of talk about, the differences that have that have happened between when they first announced it and and now um so basically the, the biggest change that i can see is that uh they don't just have those two giant trackpads um on the yeah. front anymore they also have an analog stick there uh on the left hand side and then the left hand uh trackpad uh is it is still circular, but it has kind of like a, a D pad, you know, a cross in it kind of indented to guide your fingers if you are just trying to go up or down, left or right, you know. Yeah. Um other and triggers. Yeah, other than that, I think it still has like all six buttons that are on the back that confuse everybody. Um <laughs> the face buttons, uh, you know, the A B X and Y have been moved. Uh I don't remember if they do they used to have the trackpads on the inside and then the the face buttons and stuff above, or, I don't know. I honestly don't remember where they were before. Um, well, e- either way, the way that it is now is the the trackpads, the giant trackpads are kind of on the, the above and on the outside of the front of the controller, and then the analog stick and the face buttons are below and towards the inside.
1: Um, I mean, either way, it'll be fun for being able to, you know, hang out and... Um. Actually, yeah. As you said, the Steam Link plus the Steam controllers, we can do local multiplayer then.
0: Mm-hmm. mm mm-hmm. Um. And I'm hoping, I'm hoping that the Steam Link and I, I'm assuming that the Steam machines will support this, but I, I'm really hoping that the Steam Link doesn't just take the Steam controller. Like, I hope that they also take regular old, uh, you know, USB Windows controllers. Um, yeah. Because I have a few of those sitting around now that I, I would like to not be obsolete. Um, hey, same here. Oh the other thing about it is that they they got rid of like you know the the LCD screen in the middle uh that was oh, yeah. you know it was going to be like you can you can program it to do whatever you wanted it to do um and so now it just has like a middle button the the it's got the steam logo on it that's basically the same as like the Xbox button um it's got a start and it's got a select so pretty standard yeah.
1: so it must have been like people must have just just been like man that's stupid
0: mm-hmm. And that's that's why they sent out, like, the, <clears throat> the first run of, you know, 500 or whatever Steam machines with the first yeah. version of the Steam controller to have people test them out and figure out what was good and what wasn't.
1: So now we know. Man, there's a lot of go- cool stuff going hand-in-hand with Steam today, isn't there?
0: Oh, yes.
1: <laughs> so one of the more cool things that I found is Valve has announced Source 2 engine. So if you guys remember back in, what was it, 2004 when the original Source came out?
0: Um yeah, it launched with Half-Life Two. I think that was two thousand
1: four. Two thousand four. it says on the article, um debuted in June two thousand four with the launch of Counter Strike Source. Oh. Um huh. so Source Two is now is not only now um been announced, but it's also free for developers. Um which is in my opinion it's really cool. So there's no uh there's no subscription base anything. There is just I don't think that there's even royalties. No, like, there's no subscription. There's no royalties. The only thing that it has to, or that has to happen, is that the game that's being created has to be available non-exclusively through Steam. Okay. So hmm. you can make it exclusively through Steam if you'd like, but it doesn't have to be through Steam only.
0: Hmm. All right. What happens? What happens if you are um want to make a game using the Source 2 engine, but you only want to release it on like the PS4? would you not be able to do that? Do you have to make a PC version of it then?
1: I don't know, honestly. Hmm. I mean, considering Valve's success with PC, I'd be surprised why you wouldn't want to make a PC version and capitalize
0: on their... Um, their right, but I mean, like, and... stranger things have happened. You know, like, people do exclusive things for various reasons, and, you know, I'm, I'm just trying to bring up, like, all of the possible situations that, that could happen. Yeah. You know?
1: Yeah. I, I don't know. That's all I can say is I don't know, but I think they'd be dumb not to. Agreed. So, again, yeah. Valve's popularity.
0: So, continuing the uh the game engine trend, Unity 5 is out now, which kind of makes me feel silly because uh, it was, you know, barely like 3 months ago that I was working on a game with Unity 4. So, <laughs> <laughs> like, like I I already feel obsolete. Um the personal edition is free. Uh the professional edition is like seventy five dollars a month or fifteen hundred dollars, whichever one you feel would be cheaper for you, I guess. And uh there aren't any royalties on, on any games that you release uh with with the Unity engine. Um and they, they they came out with of course a little um um what do you call it? Like a demo real um video thing to show off yeah. kind of the capabilities of Unity five. And whole I'm like, holy cow, that is Way better than any unity thing I've ever ever seen before, like when I think of the unity engine, I typically just think like okay, low resolution textures, a simple game that I play in a browser, you know that kind of thing um Kerbal space program is probably the most impressive like mm-hmm. unity game that I can think of right now,
1: and now it's now it's better
0: mm-hmm cool
1: well, um something that's not necessarily new in the sense that we've had it for a while um but believe it or not. Unreal Engine 4 is now free. Crazy! It says when you ship a game or application, you pay a 5% royalty on gross revenue after the first $3,000 per product per quarter. It's a simple agreement in which we succeed only when you succeed. And that's a quote from their blog, from Unreal's blog.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, so I can't believe that they're that they're just making it like completely free because their their subscription model that they started a year ago was so successful and. I I mean, I guess that they saw, like, I think it was uh, their their user base um, increased, like, 25-fold or something like that, and I guess they decided, like, okay, well, if it it, um, increased that much with just changing to a subscription model, why don't we just try and go free and see what happens? Like, how many more users are they going to see then?
1: Well, we'll have to see. I mean, maybe you'll have to teach me how to use it, and we can come up with something fun together.
0: I I guess I mean yeah I've I've never uh, I've never used Unreal for anything but yeah we could uh, tinker around and play with it and figure something out.
1: We could have a D and D campaign <laughs> and then make our D and D campaign in Unreal eventually.
0: I thought we were gonna make our D and D campaigns as a podcast. Wait, in podcast or since the podcast? Like like uh, take the D and D campaigns that we that we do with people in real life. And then make those into a script for a you know a story driven podcast.
1: Well, I hadn't thought that necessarily, but that'd be fun too.
0: Wait, what? Well, well, what were you thinking with our with our story driven podcast idea?
1: I don't know. I was thinking write a story. It didn't have to be necessarily D and D.
0: Oh, I cause I I could have sworn that I remembered you bringing up the idea of like taking D and D campaigns and.
1: Well, we could definitely do that. I mean, silly things happen in D and D campaigns all the time. Like my friend Peter. Who had self-imposed intelligence checks um, to see whether or not he would make intelligent decisions as a barbarian. Um, <laughs> he got into a drinking contest with our gnome, lost, and then the gnome tattooed um, "bad boys only" as a tramp stamp on them. <laughs> <laughs> so.
0: That's ridiculous. Oh man.
1: We, we have some interesting things. We had a we had a um, druid whose no, 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 actually, no, I should correct myself first. Or not correct myself. Um, so the the ranger also had a riding dog named Chaz, <laughs> which he rode around in the battle everywhere.
0: I'm assuming that the ranger was a gnome.
1: Yes. Okay. And then um, Chaz. We also had a druid who had a dire badger named Rolf. <laughs> our cleric prayed not to any god that was in the D&D realm, but specifically to the god of common sense. It didn't work very well. <laughs> oh, man. So, yes, we will have to have people over for, for, for D&D night, and then, yes, we can record that and make a script out of it.
0: Sounds like a plan. Um, so, Broken Age... Um the game that pretty much made Kickstarter into a thing, like a proper thing for, for game developers. Um, it's it, We're coming up on the second half of the game being released, and uh, there's a documentary series that's being released about the process of making Broken Age, which uh, interests me heavily because, you know, I'm uh, into this whole documentary thing, and I'm pretty into Double Fine, so I'll be watching it for Double sure. Double Fine. They're a good studio. I like their stuff. Mm-hmm. I do, too.
1: Oh, so, um, speaking of fun things that we can kind of do together, uh, because actually now I have no idea how that's transitioning. <laughs> um, but, uh, Origins' latest on the house game is the original Syndicate game, which is a, I believe it's a turn based strategy.
0: Something uh, sort of. So the um, but... the only time that I've ever really heard about the original Syndicate was when uh like the the reboot in like 2013 or whatever was being talked about and how it was different and similar to the original Syndicate. Hmm. Yeah. But it's all it's really science fiction, um, kind of dystopian like, um, um, corp- corporations, you know, t- have taken over the world kind of thing. Um. Yeah, I don't, I don't know exactly what the gameplay is like, but you know, this is a really old game, 1993. So, Cyborgs. <laughs> Excellent. Actually, um, I think it, it kind of sounds like, um, Net Gain, if you remember John, really, yeah, yeah, it was his name? John Gosling, right? Um, and 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 his uh kickstarted game that we we interviewed him about. Man, that was so long ago. I wonder. That was fun. I wonder where that... You know, for, for the last episode of, of our, like, weekly news version of uh, 8-Bit, we should just kind of go back and figure out what the heck is going on with NetGain <laughs> and check up on that project. I would be A-OK with that. So... I'm pretty big on uh, on No Man's Sky. I'm really really excited for that game. It's the procedurally generated universe sandbox. You know, well not exactly sandbox, but you know you you go out and explore and you find new planets and they're all completely well not completely different but you know they're they're all a little different. Um, and and of course you know like the the artists in that game aren't really touching any of the specific aspects of any planet. You know they've have just kind of given a uh, um guidelines for the algorithm to follow and then and then you know it goes to town so how are they going to ensure that the algorithm is making the kind of things that they want it to well they have sent out like kind of space probes essentially that capture little bits of footage from new worlds that it explores and then uh and then they can go and review each of those and see if it's doing reasonable things or not mm. which is kind of a i think it's just bonkers that that's 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 a thing now you know, that, that we're making games so massive that e- the artists themselves aren't actually sure if, if the game is going to be, like, looking the way that they intend it to.
1: That's nuts.
0: So, I guess, forget about uh, our hollow deck. Like, we're, we're kind of living in the future now.
1: Basically. <laughs> basically, basically. But, I mean, we're kind of good at that, aren't we?
0: Oh, yeah, man. I love living in the future. It's going to be great. Oh, oh yeah. the other thing that I thought of today was we should totally buy a Nest thermostat as soon as we move in, just because we can. Nest thermostat. Yeah, it's the it's the um I guess they call it a smart thermostat, which essentially just means that it's connected to the internet and um so you can You can do things like you know change the temperature from your smartphone, but it it also will do things like figure out your kind of pattern of like when people come home, when people typically leave, so that it can intelligently raise and lower the 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 temperature in the house um, and and save you money. Hmm. It's the future. Interesting. I like the future. The future, she is good, yeah.
1: Uh, Ah, alright, so a huge part of a game being
0: something. No, No? oh gosh,
1: I need to talk about my own thing. (sighs) Ah, sorry. Um, oh, oh, actually, this kind of, this flows well, so procedurally generated game. Um, there's a new MMO being, um, crowdfunded on Kickstarter called Crowfall. Now, the two main guys who are in charge of this, um, have helped make things like Pirate 101, Wizard 101, Star Wars, The Old Republic, Um, Star Wars, Galaxies, Ultima Online. So they've got a bunch of um, experience under their belt making MMO games. And they have, on their team, they've got everyone who's done everything from like Darksiders 2 to Mass Effect 3 and DC Universe Online and whatnot. Um, So just the team itself looks really cool. Now, the concept of the game is that you essentially live in, or from what I can tell anyways, you essentially live in two worlds. You have your home base, um, which you control, and you get to um go and collect resources and then build up your home base however you want and make a mighty fine castle for the world to see the other part is there are pvp or it, it's sort of in an external world there are pvp matches where um you essentially get to um well obviously wage war mm-hmm. for various factions it can be guild versus guild um i believe it's uh uh everyone for Every man for himself, for one of them, um and you can go and find the resources in this claim the resources and try and win, obviously, and if you win, then you get a bunch of those resources back for your own um for making your own world and for what you do now here's the cool thing is that those worlds mm-hmm. are completely destructible, so they are the worlds are made out of voxels. Um, which is like Minecraft, but okay. only much less blocky. Okay. Um, so they they say they are using um, voxel farm technology to generate an endless succession of unique and interesting campaign worlds for you to mine, shape, sorry, mine, shape, conquer, and destroy. Our, our campaign worlds are procedurally generated. Um, each world is different, which means that the game of territorial conquest will be different in every campaign. Um beginning of each campaign is like the first round of civilization. Players are dropped into a harsh environment surrounded by five war. The worlds are filled with deadly monsters, haunted ruins, abandoned quarries, and the most dangerous predator of all, other players. So then you craft weapons, scavenge armor, secure a stronghold, forge alliances, and eventually end up conquering that world. Um, so essentially the entire world could be really cool in the sense that um, it's giantly a big or it's like a giant PvP match. Constantly, um, PVP plus Minecraft, um, or it could also I could also see this going really bad and just trolls running around and blowing everything up that you worked so hard to do.
0: So, um, so is is the PVP like the only option that you have, or do you have the option of of uh playing a version of the game that is more cooperative? And I think it's have... just PVP.
1: Okay, and I mean you you can have a guild. Mm-hmm um and alliances that you can forge in that world. Mhm. But for the most part all of the resources are gained in those PVP worlds. All right. Interesting. I thought it sounded interesting. That's why I threw it up on. There. It does. It does.
0: Uh now another thing that sounds pretty interesting is Project Morpheus. And there, there there isn't really anything new about the project to talk about except for the fact that uh it's moved from being kind of this just like well, we're just kind of making this thing and letting like developers play with it and stuff to actually like Sony uh saying, "Yeah, we're actually going to be coming out with this in the first half of 2016. It it's going to be a consumer device." Beautiful. So, yeah. That's Jeez. that's a good thing. That is a good thing.
1: World is moving forward. <laughs> you say we live in the future and we do live in the future now because it's going to be the past in about 5 minutes.
0: I think it's wait, no, it's not the past now. Wait. I'm confused. It'll be more future in 2016. That's the really important thing. Yes. The future is now. Almost. Eventually. Maybe tomorrow. Maybe tomorrow.
1: Maybe tomorrow. All right. So now on to the thing that I was actually supposed to say now as opposed to the future. (laughs) In the future. So welcome to the future, boys and girls. I gave you a sneak peek. Oh god, that sounded creepy. (laughs) So a part of a game being a successful esport is how good it looks during live streams. Evolve is introducing an observer mode for exactly that. The idea is that a sixth player spectates the match and they can follow any of the players, move their camera around, and control what their HUD shows.
0: It's basically yeah, it's basically the same tool that like um Turtle Rock has been using to release their own videos for the entirety of, of, you know, this game. Yeah. Um but it's now available for everybody to use. Cool beans.
1: Nice. I mean it's always kinda cool to have a spectator one just so you can watch mm-hmm. from all the different
0: perspectives. I'm kind of I'm kind of worried though, like, how are they going to be ensuring that this can't be used to cheat? Because like Say, say, you're playing Evolve, and you're like, you're the monster, and I'm in the same room, and I get on my computer and I'm spectating, I can now just see anything that anybody can see.
1: So, sort of like how, what your little brother was doing when we were playing Hearthstone the other day. Um, Where he was watching on spectator mode and then giving you suggestions.
0: I would say that that's less uh, cheating. It would have been more cheating if, if he if he had been spectating me and telling you what I had in my hand. True. You know, like what he was doing is essentially just sitting on my side of the table while we're playing magic and giving me advice.
1: Oh, oh so he couldn't see my hand either. Correct, yeah. Okay. Okay, that, that, that makes it not as bad. That was
0: still really annoying.
1: <laughs>
0: I fucking hate metagamers. I'm, I am uh, I mean, I'm the newbie in that game, so maybe not. I mean, we, I was playing... Between games. the two of us, you're significantly better than me. Am I? I okay, because I've only... Well, I've been playing a heck of a lot since I started, but you know. Yeah, I haven't been.
1: Okay. And
0: I don't think I've beaten you yet. So I'm going to change that tonight after this show. Hopefully, hopefully. And maybe we'll actually get a few people watching because people like to watch Hearthstone streams for some reason. I don't know. I don't know. All right, so wait a minute. If you're streaming it, then I could watch your stream. And even though there's a 20-second delay, I'm just kidding. I wouldn't do that to you. Don't do
1: that. (laughs) I I wasn't going to stream Hearthstone. I was going to stream Borderlands, too, after Hearthstone.
0: Oh, I I thought we were just playing one and not the other. Whatever. We'll figure it out later.
1: We'll figure it out. Um,
0: Oh, right, because you're not playing League of Legends. Whatever, you know, um, the scheduling thing. Oh, sorry, but what I was going to say is
1: League of Legends actually has sort of a similar solution to this with their spectator mode, where they have, I believe it's a three-minute or three-and-a-half-minute delay. Okay. Because it's so time and strategy intensive Mm -hmm. um, and so micromanaging intensive that down to the millisecond counts oftentimes. So if you can give someone a heads-up, oh, that, hey, there's a jungler coming to gank you, that would give them a huge advantage. Obviously, and so they they've already taken steps to prevent that. So I'm hoping that um that Turtle Rock does basically the exact same thing. Yeah, that
0: that makes sense. And I guess I guess that solution is a little bit more probably server intensive because the server actually has to store like you know three minutes worth of uh of game data before yeah. before sending it on. But like that's probably not a huge issue. Game data isn't isn't a, a ton of stuff. Um or so we assume. So one of the things that I'm really, really enthusiastic about is, uh, you know, quality, quality journalism, and uh, kind of, kind of more so, uh, progressive journalism. And so I was really excited this week to find out that there's going a new gaming site that's coming. Um, but this one's slightly different than most others. It's called Offworld, and its goal is to provide a voice for minority groups in the gaming community, which is really, really cool. Oh! I'm playing the game. It's not letting me I thought you were supposed to use space to shoot. What are you talking about? Oh my god, wait, the the background is, is It's is asteroid. It's yeah, actually if you hit space, a space of asteroid. Play. Oh oh I see. Okay, I was I was on my tablet last time, um so I don't think it told me that I could do that. No, but you can't
1: shoot, which is annoying. It's gonna bump into an asteroid, let's see what happens. And 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 oh, It breaks up into smaller asteroids even better.
0: Yeah. Wait, did you actually manage to shoot or what?
1: No. You just bump into asteroids and then you turn into an asteroid after that.
0: Eh, Come back here. Oh, but you're not dead.
1: No. How do you lose to this game? I don't know.
0: Come back here. It's like a boat. But a
1: really hard to steer boat. Oh, God.
0: (laughs) I'm sure that this is really interesting to listen to. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, there's a spaceship over there. Oh my god, they're shooting at me. This is bad, this is bad. Uh, Oh, goodness. This is very bad. uh,
1: (laughs) Don't
0: kill me. You you know, I'm okay with me playing this because uh, I know that the next thing that we're going to talk about is yours. Oh, okay, fine. (laughs) (laughs) That's my excuse. I don't know what your excuse is. Okay, can I hit that spaceship? Ah, I killed it me
1: Alright, so <laughs> alright, fine, I'll tell you guys about my new thing. Um uh new Wolfenstein is out. Yay! It's out son. or not out, sorry. It's been announced. Yay! Yay. So I'm gonna throw that video up into the YouTube
0: and watch. Oh well listen. Wait, that means that I have to the the, the thing. Do the thing No, wait, Julie I hit the wrong button. Shoot. I hit I'll the X button.
1: I'll wait for you.
0: Doing it down okay I mean
1: I, I, you're into the, you're into the
0: YouTube app now? Yes, I'm good.
1: Okay, good. Peggy 18. One of General Deathshead's lieutenants is keeping the folder mentioned in your mission briefing at her base of operations. This folder contains the location of Deathshead's compound. Could be our last chance, Blaskovitz. All new secrets. All new weapons. All new villains. I've got a plan.
0: Break into the keep. Kill every Nazi in there.
1: And so it goes on like this for a t- for about a minute longer with lots of the shooting and the explosions and a little bit more of the story.
0: Um, I think my favorite touch was uh, when you know he obviously like sneaked up behind this uh, this officer, stabbed him in the neck with a with like a spike, and then used a big old mallet to like drive it in just one more hit.
1: That that's a broken wrench, so you 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 use a. Or, sorry not a broken wrench a broken pipe mm-hmm. so you use that from what I could see as sort of a multi-tool you use it to uh, scale the wall as sort of like picks mm-hmm. as you're going up and then as you saw with the the guy he snuck up behind the guy jabs the spiky the spiky shard of the pipe into the guy's neck and then just takes the other end of the pipe and it goes wham and just drives it in a little farther because so I, I guess he's double tapping isn't he? That, that'd be a, well no that's just like it,
0: that, that, he's just going in deeper Lovely. Oh, man. So, so what kinds of details do we know about this game? Um,
1: we know it's a precursor to the original, or not to the original Wolfenstein, to
0: the... The one from the, last year.
1: Yeah, the one that came out last year. Um, because in this one you are playing, um, well, same character, sir. So off, Officer Blaskowitz. Um, Best name ever. Yes. Blaskowitz what are you doing? Um, and you are infiltrating a Nazi castle.
0: So okay. When, so is the storyline like very very similar to the original kind of Wolfenstein 3D, or because um, cause I know that that was mostly like doing stuff in castles, right?
1: The original Wolfenstein 3D was all in in a castle. You it was escape from Castle Wolfenstein was okay the name of the original game. Um, so it. I don't know, honestly. I'll have to play it. It wouldn't surprise me because, I mean, in um, they included an Easter egg in the mo- or in the one that came out last year where you could go into a dream and play the opening level. <laughs> That's awesome. Which I remember playing over and over again as a kid. So um, is is this I would being, not be surprised. Is it
0: being made by the same developer as uh, as? The I two? believe it's still Contesta Softworks. yes. Okay. Cool. Cool. So. We have good feelings about this one because uh, the last one was pretty darn good. Oh, the last one was hilarious. (laughs) Now, something that I don't have quite the same good feelings about is that Microsoft is, you know, trying to convince us again that they are going to be, you know, putting more focus on Windows gaming and integrating Windows and Xbox gaming and, like, of course, that means that everything that they are doing is going to be going through, like, your Xbox account and, and you know, all of the games that they're doing is going to be, like, sold through their Windows store. And, like, I'm... So, I don't like the sound of any of this. But at the same time, like, we all... Have been kind of complaining that, you know, Microsoft is ignoring PC gaming and not giving us enough attention and stuff. And like, but then, it, but then, you know, I kind of stop and I think, what do I even want them to do in terms of like, you know, putting an emphasis on PC gaming? Well, really the only thing that I can think of is I want them to, uh, just release the games that they, that they publish on PC as well as Xbox. Yeah. Like Halo. Yeah. And, and they've been doing a bit of that like um and they've been doing it in a really nice manner, you know, not just releasing like uh um whatever that Spartan ops or thing, um, you know, the 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 like top down isometric uh um twin stick shooter version of, of Halo. Um that they, they didn't just release it on like the Windows store for, you know, Windows eight or anything. They they actually released it on Steam and other and other vendors, which was good. Yeah, um, And I want them to do more of that because Steam is my life.
1: Steam is your life. Mm-hmm. Steam is your safe. <sighs> All right. Actually, I've got a couple of things to talk about here, one of which I can't really find on... Oh, I can share it via Facebook, apparently. Well, this is annoying. Um... <clears throat> well, I'll tell you guys about this in just a bit. Um... Oh, hey, look. There we go. I got a, I got a link for this now. Um... But before I get to that, so there's a new expansion for Hearthstone that's been announced. Um, it is called um, Black Rock Mountain, which is obviously named after an area in World of, or World of Warcraft. Obviously, it's a high-level area. Um, I totally knew that. Yep, totally. Uh, I mean, you open up the page and it says "Hic dracones." Um,
0: I don't know what that means. Oh, wait, does that mean here there are dragons or something? Yes, that's exactly what it means. Yes, exactly I'm means. so
1: good. <laughs> Weird. Um, so yeah. Guess what? You're going to be fighting off against dragons, and so you—it's basically a giant dragon expansion.
0: Cool, cool. So, is it going to work kind of similar to the Naxiramis, uh single player? I, I don't—I don't really want to call it a campaign, but like you know, you fight against some AI um, bosses and then unlock cards that way.
1: I believe so. Um, I mean, they haven't really released many details about it
0: mm-hmm. yet. They better release some soon because this is coming in like early April, right like, yes. this is coming up really like in a month, yes,
1: it says, well, you have the introduction and then you have um uh different details that are going to be announced um as the weeks uh, ah okay come out after it gets released so
0: okay so i I, I, I just scrolled down and yes it it does have uh bosses similar to Ramus, it looks like, and um yeah, they each have a different hero power and unique new cards to unlock.
1: Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, it looks pretty nuts, but pretty wonderful. And then the other thing that I want to talk about um, is actually something on League. Uh, so League is trying something interesting in that they are doing this. They're just trying this out for a couple of weeks, and they're going to be coming back to it, hopefully, um, called Party Rewards. So what you get to do is play games with people, and depending on the amount of people that you play in a pre-made set with or a pre-made match with, it will give you a bonus on the amount of IP that you get. So okay. So if you're just playing by yourself, it's the regular amount of IP. If you're playing with a full team of five people,
0: mm-hmm.
1: each person gets 16 times the amount of normal IP. Wow. Yeah. It scales like nuts. So party of two is four times, party of three is six, party of four is eight times, and the full team is sixteen.
0: And so so this is like um it's just however many people you bring into into this mode with, right? With you? It's it's not like you can just randomly uh match make with, with you know, four other people to play on your team and then you all get sixteen times, right? Yeah. Okay.
1: Oh, sorry, no. Enter the, any match made key queue with a pre-made party, and the entire group earns a chance at multiplying. Okay, so it so earns a chance. Oh, a chance. It says hmm. max jackpot up to 16 times. Okay. It says there is a chance your group earns no party reward, but the larger pre-made teams win higher tiers of IP rewards. Some lucky players will even earn rare massive IP prizes. If you queue alone, you won't be eligible for party rewards. So essentially it's saying get on and play with your friends. Stop doing this by yourself. Mm-hmm. It's silly. So Excellent. I thought this looks kind of cool, especially because the way that I prefer to play League by far is hanging out with friends and playing with friends. Oh, um, agreed. Oh. I mean, it's, it's no fun without that. At least not for me anyways.
0: No, for me neither. And, uh I mean, to be honest, uh <laughs> even when I'm with friends, it's like, well, this is okay, but I get bored pretty quick. Yeah. Kind of like, you know, I get bored with uh, Super, Super Smash Bros, you know, pretty quick. Even when I'm playing oh, yeah. with friends. <laughs> Sorry. It's all right. I'm just picky, you know? Yeah. So that's all I got. Yeah. Um, I haven't... I just I just got on to spring break. So uh, this week I'll, I'll for sure be playing, like, a ton of video games while um, working my way through some of the work that, you know, I didn't do during the first quarter. But, you know... Luckily, I don't have like tons and tons and tons of midterms to do right away. Oh. I say that just because you know Andrew Bailey loves hearing about all of our midterms. We're college students. We're having the time of our lives because we're so busy, both busy. And then I okay. So what what are we gonna be complaining about um, once we're you know in like the workforce and and uh, we're doing these podcasts like?
1: How much time we don't
0: have to play the game still? We're hitting production time. I don't know. What do, what do computer scientists do with their days? Compile and then wonder why it's not working. <laughs> that sounds familiar. Man, it's like you've heard Ryan and I talking about this before. Weird. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. This has been 8-Bit. I'm Ian Buck.
1: And I'm Ian Decker. Signing off. Two episodes of anime per show. That's how we time it.
0: <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Seeing a total of like bits and pieces of one episode of. Okay. Um, there's this guy who draws mangas, and he gets his friends to help him with ideas for for the mangas. Uh, and, something
1: uh, Nozaki Kun.
0: He. That sounds right. That yeah. sounds like his name. Like Shunjo
1: yeah. no Nozaki-kun. In the corner. Yeah. I don't act No, that that that's Shinjacking in the corner. Different.
0: No, not Shinjacking in the corner? <laughs> no, 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 that's. Oh, I'm going down the wrong tube. <laughs> Wait, what? I haven't gotten my mail yet. I... Oh, he just Keep... gave away the meat. Yeah. Um I thought about sending, like, two pounds of meat certified, so you'd have to not go to your post office, but, like, go to the actual, actual post office. What? Well, and then this guy starts walking around here, and I'm like, I don't want this meat anymore. I mean, it's two pounds of meat. I don't want to send that certified. So, hey, guy, have this meat. And then he's like, sure. And then the meat just walked away. Turns out. So the studio... Is, it is meatless. meatless. <laughs> and so, the problem with this is, when I say, hey, do you smell meat? I don't. There's no reference points to look. Because there never was a reference point. Dude, the, meat, the meat was there. No, like, it was never there. All you suspicion imagine. could be drawn to the corner with the meat. And now, it's, you just start looking around the room for meat. No. Today, cooking violations in the kitchen and the outdoors.